Bop. Bop, bop. Damn, do the Phillies stink. Oh, man. I play that song only to get myself fired up. High atop the west side of Cherry Hill with a pitch black view. Another beautiful Thursday night. I'm actually looking over the terrace with the candles on, the flowers lit, into the woods. It's just magnificent. Just absolutely a beautiful night. Just outside trying to collect my thoughts. What thoughts? Anyway, before I mess up, all the protocol again, which I'm really good at. I see this commercial today. This is this is my life. I'm watching. I watched the Phillies game. Uh, be proud. I watched it not once. I watched it one and an eighth time. I, I watched the replay for about four outs. Anyway, I'm watching the game, and I see a commercial for a uh, a, a beautiful sandwich. It's not corned beef. It's uh, pastrami. Man, does it look good. I know my buddy uh, Pete is going to be all over this. So I say, you know, Pete, where the hell do I find the this sandwich? The, this They're slicing it right off the brisket, the whole bit. Just I forget what commercial it was, but, man, I will never forget what that pastrami looks like. So Pete says you got to get pastrami Rachel at Herschel's uh, Deli, Reading Terminal Market, which is just the neatest place in the world. If you've been there, you know. If you haven't. It's so epicenter Philadelphia, and I had some of the coolest conversations. I'm going to go there like every night. So my buddy Pete goes on to say, it's where I'd have my last meal. Well, I think Touche does apply there. Right, Tom? Of course, I am Mr. Spontaneity, and if you those that know me know that if I like something at 4 o'clock, I'll damn well have it at 6 o'clock. So I uh, called my... Uh, wife marrying and i said can you leave grimly early because we i called over there and i said what time do you close the girl answered the phone she says six o'clock if you want anything be be in line by 5 40 that's it hung up the phone i said okay no no gray matter there so we're, we're flying across the benny franklin bridge mad dash to get there i drop her off and you know, I'm in the little red hot rod, and I got the emergency lights on, and Mara goes in, and, and she's thumbs up that we got him. And uh, absolutely the best deli sandwich, and I mean absolutely forget about your favorite New York deli or my many New York delis, Broadway deli and all that up in Manhattan. Nobody slices pastrami brisket, uh, the thickness, and right off the hide hoof whatever else called right off of just thick juicy the gristle on top oh they got a coleslaw they add to the sandwich the special with a little some type of dressing take your breath away we went to cooper river park we pulled up watched some of the uh, rowers and you know sun's starting to set and uh sharing with you that story could very well be the highlight of this Thursday evening podcast. Uh, congratulations. So check it out. Check it out. Go to that place, Herschel Walker's Corned Beef and Deli, man. I'll tell you what, the Denver 104, an exhausted, uh, throw the towel in. Uh, Heat 93, they hung around. I believe the Denver covered the line. I heard it was nine, and by my math, that's 11. Well, they got the, got the cover there. Maybe it was a back door. So, yeah, commitment. For Boa, Monday, the long show. We say long show, 45 minutes. Typically runs a little, little shy of an hour. 
Bubba comes on for 20 and usually stays for 40, which is great. A little bit of courage to come on this Monday because Bo knows that this is one keep it real show and we will press Bo uh, on some issues and there's a lot of them. You know, Bo thought this team was going to go back and and maybe win a World Series. Uh, Now, that's not, you know, that ain't his fault, but there'll be some uh, comeuppance on that. And and Bo knows it. I got a different kind of answer tonight than normally. There's, there's, There's no expression. Okay, you know, so, like, you know, do I need to bring any uh, Band-Aids? Uh, but we won't beat them up too bad, so uh, looking forward to that. What about the mailbag today, if that's what you want to call it? Okay, so I get from Pensalkin, um good luck with this name, the first name, B-U-R-P-A-L. It looks like a Burp Halley, Holy Toledo. Uh, do you coach? You, they call you coach. Do you coach down? No, I do not. Uh, there are some plans next year for a co-ed uh, high-level competitive softball team. Uh, it's in the early stages, but I've been retired now for about three years. Last thing I did was uh, Tri-County Baseball with my son Chad and Colin. We had a lot of fun doing that, and boy, did I ever miss it. The doctors told me because of the lake situation I've got that I'm going to fall and hurt myself to get out of coaching i really miss it so after about a 50-year run of coaching various sports uh what i do uh if i go by a park and i see dad or mom out with the the seven-year-old eight-year-old ten-year-old i'll pull over and watch and if i see something glaringly wrong i'll get my uh, canes out and hobble on over and every once in a while, I have to bring a bat and out of my trunk because the, the the son or daughter invariably has a bat that's too heavy to swing. So the first thing I'll do is say, do you mind if I give your son a, a, a smaller bat? Because he can't, that's a telephone pole. You know, he's too small to swing that thing. And uh, stuff like that. And then if they don't mind, I'll just give them some basic stuff to work on so we don't build bad habits the next 3 million repetitions. That's a hard habit to break up. So if I see it, I have a conscientious objector type thing. If I see it, uh, I've taken the oath, the doctor's oath, to correct all uh, incorrect batting posture with young kids. If they're over 11 or 12, forget about it. Dad's already told them that's the way to do it, and no one's going to change. So that's the extent of my coaching. Still watch competitive. Uh, the World Series is on the night. I was checking it out, Oklahoma and Tennessee. Is coming up. You got you know, girls throwing the ball 72 miles an hour. That converts to 106. Pros can't hit it. They couldn't hit a softball pitcher. How about that? How about that? So the tough, toughest thing to do in female sports, male against female, would be to hit the fastest pitcher in college D1 softball. And guess what? With it coming up, ain't going to happen. All right? How about that? The you know Harper won't hit. The Tennessee pitcher at 72 from that distance. Book it. Question number two is Boa uh, and Skipper, are they cool? That comes from Brett at the middle school. Okay, I guess that's the new town. Middle school town. Middle school township. Who the hell knows? But Brett, thanks for the question. Young guy and Boa and uh, Skip are indeed cool. They are very cool. And it took us a while to warm up and get acquainted get relaxed with, with one another. But, you know, I'm able to text uh, Bo during the games once in a while. I don't wear him out. He has embraced our show. He enjoys coming on the show. 
and Charlie's a blast. Charlie, just, Charlie, sometimes we have to stop him, and you know, he'll just keep on talking. So it's great. Happy birthday to Coach Al from Belmar. Uh, do we have a happy birthday thing on this? Happy birthday, buddy. Al was on the podcast last year, and uh, he'll be back uh, with us uh, shortly. Um, the numbers from this tragedy, and I, it, you can tell I'm stretching things out because what is there to talk about? You, you really want me to tell you that they had three runs in the series? Out of, they had 17 hits and 93 at-bats. Want to hear that? They had three walks against 33 strikeouts. You don't believe that. You're going to go check that. when you. I know Tommy's going to check that. Three walks against 33 strikeouts. How's that for a walk-to-strikeout ratio? That's a winning formula. The only good news was they're only 0 for 8 with runners in scoring position because they didn't get anybody in scoring position. One game, literally, nobody got the second. True story. The team of Schwarber, because it's June now. Oh, my God, make me sick. And uh, Turner, who I feel absolutely bad for, um, were they batted. Uh, a combined uh, 0-47, uh, that, that's what they combined. That's what 1 for 21 is. And uh, Turner leads off with I thought was a double, and he pulls up at first. I don't know if he's hurting, but boy, the ball looked like a double. Uh, I don't get it. Schwarber's last at bat. I know you're going to be complaining about that. The umpire missed the third pitch, was the second pitch, low by, low by half a foot. Can't do it there, ump. Uh, and uh, and Schwarber was classy about it. I think a lot of guys with that much pressure building up in steam trades would have been flipped because you wouldn't be able to take it there. They swing the at bat, man. I mean, when you're talking about a chance to go ahead in the account, like 2-1 versus 1-2 type thing and all, I mean, that's just brutal. And then the last pitch, he was complaining, it was a ball on the black with two strikes, got to protect. Get rid of it, foul it off, uh, but you can't take it. You can't take it. And you see there, I was just talking about on this podcast uh, that we were talking about why Schwerber doesn't have home runs in RBIs. And we were talking about they'll pitch around him when a game's on the line. Sure enough, uh, he didn't really get one down Broadway uh, in that last at bat because they'll just drop down a batter. One thing about batting fifth or sixth, is the next guy's batting six or seven. And I'd rather go after him than have a prolific home run hitter, you know, tie the game up. So um, he'll get pitched super, super competitive in that situation. And that's why his high leverage numbers are atrocious. Okay. So he's, he's not a good hitter to begin with uh, for any of the key metrics. And, but when he's in high leverage and they're kind of pitching around him, uh, it's hard for him, too, because, you know, he's seen nothing but super competitive pitching. So that's uh, – you can't take that. You know, it was it was one ball outside with, with two strikes is a perfect pitch. Uh, that's just how you have to pitch him right there. Game on the line, pitch him carefully. I do not understand at all. Uh, I think the wheels really are coming off. I do not understand – the uh, move, uh, you got Marsh coming up, lefty, and you put up Drew Ellis. What are you kidding me? You, you, you think this is the Mets uh, manager's first? I mean, I love the guy. I can't believe I'm drawing a blank on his name. Come on. One of the best coaches in the game, and you don't think he's going to put a righty in there right away? 
I mean, come on. And even if you just leave that situation alone, let Marsh swing the bat. He's had a terrific year. I'll take a guy with experience at, you know, 275, 870 OPS. I know it could be lefty-lefty. Let it go. Let that guy swing the bat versus you're bringing in Drew Ellis because none of you heard of Drew Ellis and his lifetime batting average of 141. And, oh, by the way, against right-handers, okay, you know, he's 083. So this guy, he makes no sense whatsoever, uh, and it was an insult to Marsh. And I'll tell you, and this will come up with Boa if we remember on Monday, that doesn't play well in the clubhouse. You better believe that this uh, guy they just picked up who has, like, I don't know, 72 career bats, and you're going to run up, run him up there with a game on the line? You know, makes no sense whatsoever. And that's upsetting inside the clubhouse because the players rally behind uh, uh, Marsh and uh, were not happy to see that move. It, it also made no sense whatsoever. Believe it or not, why don't we have the Ripley's Believe It or Not section? Uh, the Phillies trail Miami their record's now 29-28, and the Phillies are 25-31. and 31. If I told you on June 1st that the Phillies were going to trail the fish by four games, you would not believe me. You would not. If I said that to you, it'd be no way. They now are um, hanging out with the teams like, not Oakland. Oakland, come on, they're high school teams. You always have to take the, the A's out, right? Once you take them out, the Phillies are in the company of Colorado, the Royals, you know, all those illustrious franchises. Uh, across the board, their numbers are putrid. Runs per game, 4.15. You got to go back to the worst teams the Phillies ever had, and they were like 398. So this is worst run production almost all time. The walks, they're 26, still dropping. At 166, they're not too far from the bottom, 142. Runs per game uh, pitching, they're giving up 526. And how about this stat here? Pay attention if I put you to sleep so far and you're still with us. Wake up for this one. Wins above average. It, it's a Mexican to war. It's a spinoff of war. It's, it's pretty much the same thing. All right? Your highest-ranked Philly, all right, is naturally – uh, JT, he's third in baseball, plus 0 0.7. That's your highest-ranked Philly. Take a guess. The next highest uh, category, uh, player category for the Phillies, and you won't guess it, and they're fifth in baseball at pinch hitting. This is cool. They're neutral. They're 0, 0.0. They're not negative like a lot of teams, and they're not plus. The, the teams with really good pinch hitting this year are few and far between. Nobody has like a plus two eight. Um, and that's not just because it's too early in the season. 60 games, you'd have that. But the almost worst in baseball, 28th, not 30th, but 28th, all right? You've got three Philly players, 28th in baseball. Third base, and a couple of different people have played it. Of course, left field, and how about this? Our $300 million man, Trey Turner, 
tonight goes to bed ranked 28th in baseball, man. 28th in baseball. This is offense and defense. This is the whole shooting match. It's running. It's everything. Drop the ball t- today. You saw the ball that should have been in double play. Kicks off his glove. He does a backhand flip. Stop makes an unbelievably athletic play uh, to catch the ball and somehow hold on to second. So he does not get an error on that play. Why? The official scorers cannot assume ever an out-at-home plate. Can't assume it. And they can't assume double play, right? Where it looks like it should. But what Stott does there, think about this. If Stott doesn't get the force on a very athletic play, if you, if you didn't see it, it, he stretched out and he flips down in the dirt and Stott's got to change his footwork and grab it with his bare hand, somehow gets the bag. If he flips that into right field because he had a lot of energy on it, all right, he has an error on the ground ball that he committed, okay, he didn't get charged one because we got the force. He would have had the error on the ground ball. The runner going into second would have jogged to third. I don't know about the runner that hit the ball would have got the second or not, but there would have been a second error on the throw. So Turner almost picked up his eighth and ninth error of the season. We're not yet at 60 games. Now you you're doing that math I was telling you about three weeks ago, right? And you're saying, damn, Chuck wasn't kidding about this stuff. This guy's on his way to 27 errors type of thing. Unprecedented Philadelphia Phillies history. He's right now the worst Philadelphia uh, Phillies defensive shortstop in modern times since 1960. He's the worst defensive Phillies shortstop. Start with Bobby Wine. He had Jero and, uh, and Bo. We did this last night. You know the guy I was talking about last night that I couldn't remember. Of course, I fit Freddie Galvis was his name. You should have helped me out. You should have texted me. Okay, I ran a little bit long only because we had some extra uh, housekeeping issues. I wanted to clear out the mailbox. I had to share that sandwich with you, okay? Um, and, uh, you know, the here come the, the, the gnats are... They are going to be pesky. They're going to be natty about that. They are. Uh, they're scoring runs. Um, I, their lineup right now is much better than the Phillies run production wise. So don't. I mean, it's not going to be such an easy thing there. Um, but we'll see. Um, we'll see. We got Wheeler going, and we got uh, Suarez going on Sunday. So that we will be back on Monday because we don't do a weekend show. Uh, everybody needs a break. Uh, if you want to keep the mail coming at 609-828-5569. We're having a blast. Different things are happening. Uh, today I met a unique listener. Let's hope it's better by the show uh, Monday because you're, you're digging a ditch now that at a certain point will be insurmountable. Now, again, all the teams are beating all the teams to keep, it about, to keep them about 500. But at a certain point, if you keep at, the, at this pace, you're going to be nowhere near 500. I still expect them to improve, of course, and, and improve a lot. I, I still have that expectation. And, yes, be relevant in September, I am not writing off the season. I think I've been clear about that. Maybe I've had undertones that appear differently, but no. God bless. Great Friday. It looks like another splendid day. 
a little golf this weekend, golf tomorrow actually with uh, Bud. Get out there tomorrow afternoon. Looking forward to it. And uh, I'll say go Phillies. I don't know what that's worth, but thanks for your ears. Again, 609-828-5569. And uh, love to hear from you. That's a wrap. Have a great Friday.